The thing about TM is not only does it not have any side effect, it actually has a range of benefits. Not only does it make your physiology more stable, but your behavior becomes much more enjoyable. You begin to participate and engage in life on a level that you've really never had before. That was Michael Blitz, our transcendental meditation expert. Hi, I'm Nancy Scanlon Coppler, and welcome to Woman Overboard. Have you ever been told that you go overboard? Or maybe you have a friend, a partner, or a crazy aunt who overdoes it at the holidays. Someone who is overly ambitious, overly excited, and gets overwhelmed because she tends to overdo everything. Well, welcome to my world. I'm Nancy Scanlon Coppler, and this is Woman Overboard, a show about women, leaders, mothers, and entrepreneurs who are dedicated to making a difference. My guests would not be where they are today without being the overachievers that they are. Women who I believe put a positive spin on the words, woman overboard. We're back with Michael Blitz, who's our expert on transcendental meditation, and he's with the St. Louis Brentwood Transcendental Meditation Center. Michael, welcome back. It's great to be here. For part two of our show, we have so much to talk about. We could probably do a five-parter with this one. But I know when we uh, left off on the last segment, we were talking about um, the effects of stress on kids and the effects of two control groups that you've studied of children that have uh, violence in their lives or abuse in their lives and what TM has done for them. And if you could tell a little bit about that story, I'd love to hear that. It's actually several stories. And TM has been offered in schools uh, in both the East and West Coast, and most recently in Chicago, which I've never told you about, but you'll find very interesting. And it's offered as what's called the Quiet Time Program. You probably know who David Lynch is, yes. the famous film yes. creator. Producer. Yeah. And, and David Twin Lynch. Twin Peaks. <laughs> yes, tw- as well as many other things. An unusual guy, to say the least. But about 20, 15 years ago, he felt that the most important thing he could do would be to sponsor a program so the children who are exposed to toxic stress in inner cities, um, women in shelters, veterans, um, people who are down and out, could learn to meditate. And he created the David Lynch Foundation. And as you probably know, there are a lot of celebrities who practice TM. And every year they get together. Uh, it was the first time Ringo and Paul played together since the Beatles broke up was at a David Lynch Foundation fundraiser to raise money to support these people to learn oh, meditation wonderful. at no cost. In the last six years, over a million people have learned TM at no cost um, in shelters, in inner city schools. And it's known in the schools, like in San Francisco, as the Quiet Time Program. And recently, in the last couple of years, uh, it's been introduced in Los Angeles public schools. And I know right now that one of the biggest plagues that's hitting this country is teenage suicides. The numbers are actually doubling and tripling. And there's a huge call for TM to be taught in more schools. And we we actually don't have enough teachers for the Los Angeles area right now. And what... I want to tell you about two different studies. One was done in uh, California. Students have to take what's called like the California Basic Skills Test mm-hmm. every 90 days. And it's a way for the state to monitor our kids progressing. Mm-hmm. And so the most they could teach at one time, I think, was about 100 students. 
And so they had several hundred who wanted to learn, but one group was going to have to wait 90 days. So they began teaching the group TM to participate. The Quiet Type program, twice a day, it's almost like a, a Sabbath in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. but in the morning at 8.15 and in the afternoon like at 3 o'clock, for 15 minutes, the kids can either practice TM, they can put their heads down, or they can read. But it's quiet time. And the whole school shuts down. Administrators, faculty, everybody does this. And it has a tremendous effect. One of the schools, my oldest daughter and her husband both became TM teachers on their own. They went to the six-month training. And they told me of this experience that really, my daughter told me, and she's, she's quite, quite brilliant and sensitive, she said, some of these kids, they could never close their eyes for five minutes and be alone. And they would be closing their eyes for 15 minutes twice a day and it produced a huge change in the schools. Like these are schools where armed policemen and metal detectors at, the, at every door were part of the scene and that, that disappeared. And so the collective experience of the school because collective tension is nothing more than individuals becoming tense and that tension builds on itself. Mm-hmm. That is what was actually um, evaporated and it really did change the school. So the, one of the studies done, and I know this is going to sound unbelievable, but I want you to, and I, I will try and make it more realistic, but because they took the basic skills test, they've got a, a, a baseline to right. compare. Uh-huh. Okay, now the kids, 100 kids learn to meditate, and 90 days later, they all take the basic skills test again. Now, admittedly, these are high-tension, low-attitude, low-attentive low areas, kids don't improve very much. So the kids who didn't learn to meditate improved a little bit. The kids that had learned to meditate improved 10 times that much. Admittedly, this is a small amount that the kids, the kids who hadn't learned, mm-hmm. but it was 10 times more. You oh, see, during TM, incredible. as you know, when the mind settles down, that you're beginning to awaken levels of your inner consciousness that you're normally not using. That's where cognitive learning occurs. Mm-hmm. Ask any student. They know the difference between memorizing and understanding. Memorizing is just holding on to points. Understanding is when it fits together, when you've got that, oh, I get it. And that's when you know a subject rather than you're learning it. Mm-hmm. And that process occurs at the quieter levels of the mind. And the mind has to be quiet and awake. That's the greatest condition. The brainwave pattern during TM is one of the two hemispheres start to operate in sync with, with one another. 18 different areas of the brain, all, all in the same mode. That's much more supportive of learning. It's called coherent brainwave activity. So these kids start to learn more readily. And that was one of the studies. And, it, you know, this is really spreading there. Personally, having been born and raised in youth city, having lived you know, in and out of St. Louis for I'm almost 70 years old. Personally, I, I don't think there's any greater contribution we could make to the city of St. Louis than to begin to offer this in schools Absolutely. in St. Louis. These kids, you know, sometimes I say to people, how many of you have ever heard a bullet shot? And was it at a firing range or it was a practice thing? How many of you ever heard a bullet shot at someone? How do you I mean, know someone that was bullet shot and it hit them, you know, and yet young kids live with this type right. of thing. And most adults have never had that experience. And it's like we're asking them to live in a world where when a, when a car backfires, it sets off that event in their, in their consciousness. Like we need to help them. And the rest of TM, the deeper, quieter state of experience during TM, 
allows those past impressions to be neutralized. It's not that you, like I've taught a number of veterans, it's not that they don't still have a memory, but the charge is gone. That place in your nervous system that's locked up, that's been released, and so the memory doesn't have that grip on you that's locked in your physiology. Honestly, um, sometimes people learn to meditate and then something happens that's very traumatic and they don't react. They, they accept it, they move on. Yeah, even though you realized you were yelling and screaming this morning, or you, you talked about how you got <laughs> At least all I realized upset. it. Right? Yeah, yeah, and you were aware of it. And then, then there's another moment. Um, Stephen Covey calls it the ability to make a choice. You realize that there's no good being done by yelling at somebody. I'm not accomplishing what I want. And the ability to be proactive, which is what Covey wrote the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yes, love the ability book. to be proactive is the ability not to be ruled by your past. Proactive means to make a choice that's consistent with what I want. You got lost in the moment, but the ability to be in that moment is increasing. Next time, maybe you don't yell, you'll say it a little nicer. Mm -hmm. It's not that you walk around and act passively. TM is not about being passive. TM is about learning how to be natural and engaged in life. It's not about you know, walking around and talking in a monotone and not moving real fast. Mm. We're not trying to create a mood. It happens automatically. And you'll see as you grow up mm -hmm. that it happens more readily. Yeah, maybe I'll grow up by in another 30 years. <laughs> yeah, it, it takes and time. And this <laughs> thing about in the moment, it's amazing, having just been with two of my little grandchildren in New York and while well, my daughter went off to Europe, it was such a delight. Children are in that moment, and they know when you're not in it. And I have just a tiny little story about my oldest son. I'll never forget, we're driving along in the car, and who would have guessed that a three-year-old would say this to you? And he was asking me questions, and I said, uh-huh, uh-huh. And he said, Mom, don't say uh-huh, say yes. <laughs> and I thought, wait a minute, uh-huh kind of means yes, but he obviously realized my mind was somewhere else. Because the uh-huh was just a way to placate him and not really give him an answer. And, and I thought, boy, isn't it like a child to pull you back into that moment? That's, that's, and I why, guess, we, that's why they can push our buttons. That's right. And I guess why, <laughs> that's why Picasso said it took me my whole life to learn how to paint like a child. Well, it's taking me my whole life to learn how to act like a child. To, not childish, but childlike. Have innocence again. Yes. It's so much nice. It makes life so much more fun. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Bucky Fuller once said, we're all born geniuses. Only some are damaged less than others. Oh, my goodness. That, that's a great But line. over life, we get so caught up in what we're doing, and we, the doing becomes more important than engaging and enjoying. And when I said, Marsh had said this, expansion of happiness is the purpose of life, that to, to be happy, not to get things, it's a matter of becoming who you are and expressing it and sharing it with the world. You know, I used to teach leadership programs for a while, and... One of the greatest things that I ever heard was, the secret of life isn't learning what you want to get. The secret of life is learning what you have to give. And that person that mm, naturally comes out of you. Yeah, it's so, it's so much more fun to give. I mean, if two people come together with the intent of taking from one another, nobody gives, nobody receives. But if we come with the intent of giving, we all give and we all receive. It's so simple. It's so different than this craziness of we've got to get everything. And, and I'm glad you brought that up, and maybe this has nothing to do with TM, but I know some people who, and I don't mean to judge, but have you seen people that can't receive? They're, 
They, oh, no, no, I, I don't deserve that. No, don't give that to me. Don't give that to me. And it actually is such a joy for the giver to be able to give something. And it was something that I guess Buddha taught years ago in, in giving his food away and, and going with your bowl and accepting gifts from others. Correct? I, I'm not an expert on Buddha, but I, have, <laughs> I do know some things. Um, yes, I, the idea of the giver gets more than the receiver. The teacher learns more than the student. And one of the reasons I've taught for 50 years is that I get such pleasure out of it because I understand it at deeper and deeper levels. And in the process of sharing it with someone else and explaining it, I have to look at those details. And in doing that, I know it better. And if you ask a question and I shut up inside and listen to the question, taking it in from your perspective, now I've got to take what I know and I've got to synergize with what you've said and come up with, synthesize, mm -hmm an answer that makes sense from your perspective. You've just broadened my understanding, and I'm grateful for that. But that's, you know, but that's the pleasure of being a teacher, is you really learn by teaching because it makes you understand what you know better. And speaking of teachers, when you mentioned the public school system, and I think in talking to you in the past year or so about this, you, I said, well, why aren't we doing this in the St. Louis schools? And then you mentioned something very interesting. The whole scheduling system would have to be changed to incorporate those 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes in the afternoon, correct? And is it, someone the, the working process, on that? I, I do what I can. <laughs> I, I do hope to go see um, Dr. Adams and talk about this for St. Louis. And there are some possibilities working out. And there's one group of schools that might consider that. Um, we, need to start, we need to start bringing more and more people from St. Louis to become teachers and participate in helping this. There's a real, uh, there's some young people I know who are becoming TM teachers, and I was trying to attract them to St. Louis. And the thing is, they're already kind of spoken for. They've, all these schools in California want them. So let me tell you the second study that in, okay. I started to reference. Um, in 2005, the National Institute of Health, which is one of the largest, which is the largest funder of research in the world, I think, they um, provided funds for 200 blacks in Oakland to participate in a study um, with TM to see how it affects high blood pressure. And the reason is, is that high, high blood pressure is the number one cause of the number one killer, which is heart attack. Right. And blacks in this country have a disproportionately high level of stress. You know, when the NAACP said St. Louis is not a good place for blacks, you know, it was a real knock to St. Louis. But the truth is, blacks in St. Louis live with a lot more stress than whites right. do. So 200 blacks were recruited in Oakland. They were split into two groups, basically two groups of 100 by age and illness. So you're 50, you've got high blood pressure, here's someone 48. One of you goes in this group, one of you goes in this group. Mm -hmm. So you end up with two groups of 100. And this way you're going to have a control group. Now, to learn TM takes those four classes that I mentioned, right. four classes, four days in a row, and there's an introductory class where it's all explained. One group is taught TM according to this pattern, an introductory class, then four classes, and then once a month for the first three months, and then once every six months after that, you come back for the checking, for the follow-up, right. which is all part of learning TM. The other group was taught health education. They were taught, taught information about diet and exercise, following the same format, an introductory meeting, 
then four days of classes, four consecutive days, then follow-up once a week and then once a month like that. They were followed for five years and four months. Now, this study was published in Circulation Magazine, which is a journal of the American Heart Association, in uh, November of 2012. And I'd be happy to send it to anyone who wants to see it. I have it in a PDF format. Anyhow, it was published, and what they found was that the group that had learned TM, as compared to the control group, which is, quote, equal people, had 48% fewer heart attacks, strokes, and deaths. Mm. That is amazing. Those are life-changing experiences. Absolutely. And 48%, if I had a pill that I could say, here, Nancy, take this twice a day, and you'll have a 48% less chance of having a heart attack, a stroke, or dying, you'd be crazy not to, pay, to take it. Now, most medications have some side effect. The thing about TM is not only does it not have any side effect, it actually has a range of benefits. Not only does it make your physiology more stable, but your behavior becomes much more enjoyable. You begin to participate and engage in life on a level that you've really never had before. And you notice people don't run away from you when they see you coming <laughs> as much as they do. And just to, to give you a little bit of background on how I got into this, which is kind of funny, um, and then came full circle and taught it to some friends of mine who are Indian. Um, I, my daughter one day was telling me, Mom, you're so stressed out. And I said, no, I'm not stressed out. And the more <laughs> she said I was stressed out, the more I got angry with her and said, I'm not stressed out. So that day I was running to lunch with a girlfriend of mine, and I got to lunch, and I said, I won't say her name, you're not going to believe what Emily said to me today. She told me I'm so stressed out. And she sat back for a minute. She said, well, Nancy, you are. You're always stressed out. Well, talk about fight or flight. I had a birthday gift for her, and I was ready to throw it in her face. I was so mad. <laughs> but then I went home, and I thought, well, I guess it's time to look into yourself, Nancy. And I was listening to, I love to give him a plug, my podcasting mentor, who's never met me, Tim Ferriss. I'm listening to Tim Ferriss walking down the street, and, and his shows are about business. I don't even care about business, but he always has the most engaging guests. I wish I could remember the name of this guest. I got to the end of my block. And suddenly this man was saying how TM had changed his life. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I, I've got to look into this. Walk back to the house and, and sort of forgot about TM. I just thought about meditation and called my dearest friend in Florida, who's Indian, my friend Savita. And she and her husband, well, she has, they live in Florida, but she and her husband are both Indian. They have been our friends our entire married life. And she had done meditation, uh, a different kind of meditation, but when I said, I'd like to learn to do your meditation. And she said, oh, Nancy, you couldn't do it. It's the boot camp of meditation. She would go for 10 days and sit. You'd only get six hours of sleep and one meal a day, and you had to sit you know, for hours and hours and hours. Now, this did great things for her, but she knew that Nancy, the, the kind of person I am, as flighty and, and crazy as I am, I could never get through that. And I said, oh, that's a shame. And, and I said, well, what do you know about TM? I heard something about that. She said, well, I really don't know anything about it, but I'll tell you someone who does. She hooked me up with someone in California who said, I know somebody great in St. Louis. She mentioned your name, Michael Blitz, and the TM Center on Brentwood. And, I mean, I almost ran over there because I realized I had to do it. Once I went through it and enjoyed it so much, I told my friends in Florida about it. Now, mind you, they're Indian. They're from India. <laughs> They've got a Buddhist background, and they are the calmest people you've ever met. They were so excited to hear about it. They took TM in Florida. <laughs> and when I told my son, he goes, wait a minute, Mom. So you taught our Indian friends TM. He said, if that's not coming full circle, I don't know what is. And they love it, and their daughters do it. And our, our friends just think it's, it's kind of changed their life in a way, too. 
And I can't say that it's totally changed my life yet, as Emily can attest, <laughs> who just got yelled at this morning, and some of my children when I still blow up occasionally. But I do think it's had, from my own internal perspective, a tremendous difference. And I'm not trying to sell it. I don't get anything out of it, you know. But um, the only other thing I wanted to add is about the mantra, which I think is, is kind of uh, a, a, not a funny story, but... When I was given my mantra, I was told, don't you ever dare tell it to anyone. So my husband tried to pull it out of me, and I said, I just can't give it to you. Then my little granddaughter, oh, Grandma, can you tell me what it is? And I tried to make up one for her, and I realized I couldn't. And she wanted to learn it so badly. So, And then I started thinking, I've never told a soul. Everybody is given a different mantra, correct? Everybody's given a mantra chosen for them. It's, n- it's not like we make them up for each person. Mantras are very specific sounds that come from this ancient tradition. The northern, uh, where this technique comes from, has historically traditionally been the custodian of the mantras. And there are, you know, Maharishi trained us as teachers how to go over the interview form with you and to choose a correct sound for you. Um, I don't have nine or seven billion mantras. Um, There are different mantras for different people. So, we choose the one. It's based on whether it's on, based on objective information that we get from going over the form with you. Whether I like you or don't like you doesn't mean I give you a different <laughs> mantra. But well, so I, I, it's, I it's, loved it when you played the tape with the Maharishi, and he says, "Because people say, well, what what's the mantra?" I said, "Well, you you say the mantra in your head, and the thoughts they come in, and the <laughs> thoughts they go out, and the mantra changes over time." Yeah, right. And that's what he says: is the mantra kind of keeps you on track, correct? The role of the mantra in TM is that it has a life-supporting influence. It's a sound that's known to create harmony. And you have a mantra chosen for you. And during meditation, the mantra leaves your mind alert. It gives it something to experience, but it doesn't direct the mind. If I gave you a thought, God is bliss, life is something, you think about it, and that takes your mind, makes your mind move. So the mantra doesn't give a direction. It leaves it undirected. And because you have no idea what it means. But it's, <laughs> it's just that we're just using sound. it as a sound. Right. See, in TM, we're transcending on the sense of hearing. And as you know, you're thinking the mantra, but you're really hearing it. You're not saying it out loud. You're allowing the mind to hear it at quieter and quieter levels until the mind lets go of it. And that's transcending. So when people think, oh, I have to have my mantra, it's not just the mantra. It's learning the correct use of it. And you know it took you four days of instruction before you started to realize how to do it. Now, I'm going to tell you something that's fascinating that I've never told you before. Ooh. You're Can't transcending wait. on the sense of hearing. On the sen- on the, you know, in other words, hearing. Now, you probably know this. The different parts of the brain are associated with different activities. Right. For example, the left hemisphere is usually associated with linear, mathematical, logical, sequential type thought right. processes. I wasn't born with that one. Well, you, you were. <laughs> you, you can make, you can, see, you can create a sentence. A sentence right. is a, a know, linear I... structure. The right hemisphere is associated with spatiality, creativity, artistic expression. The left hemisphere is kind of singular. The right hemisphere is the whole. All right? Now, the sense of hearing actually occurs in both hemispheres. The left hemisphere hears the note. The right hemisphere hears the melody. Da, 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 da. It's the left hemisphere that's hearing the da. The right hemisphere is hearing da, 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 the whole thing. 
And in, when you're meditating, and I know I'm describing your experience, as you are basically hearing the mantra and the way we teach you to use the mantra, this effortless process, the mind kind of goes back and forth. And the brainwave pattern that occurs during TM and is unique to TM, no, but no other, this is like the footprint of transcendental meditation, mm-hmm. is that both hemispheres operate in synchrony with one another. 18 different regions of the brain begin to begin to work together. In the, they're all in, a, in accord with one another. And so when you're ticked off, and nothing personal, but, but when, you <laughs> oh, know, there's discord, <laughs> there's discord in the mind. And so the brain itself during TM begins to synchronize. Now, why does the mind keep settling down? Because it's the nature of the mind to want to go to that which is more pleasing. So the brain starts to become harmonized, and the mind naturally gets drawn. The mantra doesn't make you transcend. It creates the conditions that enable the mind to begin to settle to more quiet levels. Why are you drawn in? Because it feels good. You said earlier on, it feels really good at times in meditation. That already exists inside of you. I'm not convincing you. I'm not telling you. I'm letting you experience it. And that's how TM is so different. It's all based on the experience, Mm -hmm. the experience of the bliss that is actually, the human nervous system is the most complex mechanism in the universe, and when it's operating, it creates happiness. We, we impose, we impose <laughs> fatigue and stress on it, and we lose that tune, and we're tuning it up. That wasn't boredom. I was just so relaxed I was falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> You're tired, honey. No, I'm not tired at all. I'm feeling great, and I'm hoping that our audience is, and unfortunately we're getting close to the end of our our session i i'm hoping we can maybe continue with more but i have to ask you my now that we've gotten this far we've gotten so calm and now i have to get into my what i call my overboard questions okay okay fill in the blank michael you may not be able to do this i don't like blank about myself i don't like blank Um, after all these wonderful things you've said i'm making you say something negative (laughs) (laughs) no um I tend to stay up later than I, my body tells me to. Oh, I like that one. That's Wait, the truth. I, 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 I love teaching. You know, I, I get done teaching like last night. I was at the TM Center till like 9.30, and I hadn't had dinner yet. So I've got to go through this, do I eat anything? And I like to get in bed like between 10 and 11, yeah. and I didn't make it last well, night. Well, I like to go to bed at 1. That's pretty bad. <laughs> I, I'm a night owl. Okay, my happiest moment is? Um, and I... My happiest, I love I love the synthesis that occurs when when I'm learning by teaching, and I love the same a similar process. You know, people ask you a question you've never thought of before, and you let your brain process it. And it sometimes sometimes I come up with answers. It's like somebody write that down. It's it happens yeah. by itself. You know, our our brains are the most the most sophisticated mechanisms in the universe. I'm talking right now. Your ears, I'm, I'm creating, vibra- I've taught my vocal cords to create a vibration in English, sending a wave across the atmosphere. You've got these little antennae in your ear that are picking up on that vibration that are sending an electrical impulse to your brain, which then creates a constellation of neurons firing at faster than the speed of light. It's a, it's a quantum mechanical phenomenon because all those neurons know where the other ones are instantaneously. And you know what the hell I'm talking about. 
that's magic. It, it is magic. It's, it's incredible. This brain is, the number of possible interconnections between the neurons in our brain exceed the number of atoms in the universe. That's how complex we are. And we just need to take care of this thing. So I said I, I push it sometimes. I'm much better than I ever used to be. I always get at least six or seven or eight hours. You know, I always get enough sleep. But I really like to go to bed earlier. When, and, it's, and so that's the one thing. So that's thing. your fault. That, that's the thing you don't like about it. Okay. <laughs> and, um, and what I love to do, I love that synthesis that occurs in my brain when I feel it. I am the saddest when? Uh, I'm the saddest when I realize what people in our community go through on a not even day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis. Mm-hmm. I was listening to NPR. They were inter- interviewing this young kid who goes to school in the inner city. And he said what he thinks about all day is, who am I going to walk home with? Oh. The predominant thought mm-hmm. in his mind is not the classroom. Who am I going to walk home with? Because if I don't walk home with four or five other kids, I might get hurt. Oh, my goodness. And that's, yeah. it's kind of like that's, this is 10 miles from where I live. And I put up with this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, no, this doesn't work. And we all have to be more conscious of these things. We have to be more attentive to developing situations so that these kids don't live with the stress. The prefrontal cortex of the brain, this, the front part of the brain, that it determines all your success in life. That comes awake during transcendental meditation. The blood flow increases noticeably. In young kids, it's not fully developed. It's not fully developed to your 25 I, that, in young and kids who incredible. are under constant stress, the prefrontal cortex becomes retarded. It doesn't develop. So here you are, 25 years old, and you don't understand that if I take this or I do this, I'm going to get in trouble for it. They don't understand that we're all operating together. Mm-hmm. And that's what has to be developed. So it, it, that makes me really sad. Okay. You can achieve anything when? You operate from your full potential. Wonderful. And in a life that appears to be totally overboard to me, meaning you, you're overboard in the sense that you're amazing with all you've done with TM, what does going overboard mean to you? Like if you do too much or go crazy or flip out or what's going overboard to you? Going to bed at 10? Going to bed at 10? Trying to do too many things. And I'm, and I'm really, you know, I'm growing up. Um, I'm learning how to let the world kind of help me do it. I'm trying to do it by myself, recognizing we, we need teams. We need, what's his name wrote the book, From Good to Great. And the first thing you do is you've got you to put your team together. And, and I've, I've actually talked to you about this. I want to put together a team to help, to help revitalize St. Louis on this more internal level, to help give kids mm-hmm. in St. Louis the opportunity to experience what it likes to be comfortable with yourself. And that would change things mm-hmm. because the kids do what the parents do. And another question. We all have things that irritate us. I know I irritate myself on a daily basis. What irritates you the most? Probably my wife telling me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at least you're human. I love that, Well, Michael. the thing is, is that here's the truth. You know, you've been in a long-term relationship. Yes. And our spouse, our partner, they are reflectors of ourself. And I've really come to learn that if something ticks me off, it means something's wrong with me, that I react. Right. That there, she's doing, saying something that, you know, could you drive a little slower? Well, maybe I could. 
You know, <laughs> right. I mean, you know, if you ever want to start a fight in my car, tell me how to drive. Oh yeah, oh yeah, my husband and I get into <laughs> yeah. that too in the car. Yeah. That's so a good one. I'm just, it's, but that's, but it, but it, I really am big enough. And even though I, I, I usually will bite, I'll bite my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but I won't, I won't react. I mean, I'll react, but I won't vocalize it. At least I mm-hmm. hold it, and then I think it through. And if it still bothers me after a while, I'll okay. talk about it. But I won't, I won't react. Right. Any final advice or words of wisdom for our listeners out there? Um, learn to transcend because when you become more in touch with yourself, you naturally will start taking better. You're aware of the damage you're doing, and you'll quit doing it. And it's in the same way that you push yourself, which is why you lost it this morning. Right. You know, you, you learn, you know, I've got to quit pushing me. And that, that we all do it. This is disease. We're under the impression this is, this is a mistake we make. No strain, no gain. That's nonsense. You are given the finest instrument in the world. You have a human nervous system. To abuse this, to push it, to not give it enough, re- enough rest, it's, it's, you know, it'd be like putting water in your gas tank. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's, we, 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 do you ever notice how, like, you're trying to think of something, like you're at a movie theater? What was she in? You can't think of it. Oh, yeah. As soon as you walk right. out, you, you know the answer. Right. Our brains are magnificent. And so we got to quit pushing them. we got to mm-hmm. quit putting so much pressure on kids, these kids. I've got to get good grades because I have to go to a good school because I, I have know. to make a lot of money in order to be happy. Right. That's not true. No. Um, you gotta, Let it be. Yeah. Right? Let them be. You've got to become yourself, but you've got to wake up that potential, which is what TM Michael does. Blitz, you are a beautiful, wonderful human being. It's been such a pleasure for me to get to know you over these last couple of years. You've brought so much to my life, and I know to so many others. And, and I heard something in the radio uh, and during a podcast on the way over here, um, a quote from the Dalai Lama that said, if you want to uh, be happy, show compassion. If you want to make others happy, show compassion be compassionate and you are a very compassionate person and I just want to mention that that you accept everyone and the the moment I walked into your center I felt welcomed calm serene so you are obviously making very many people happy so we thank you so much but be compassionate to yourself if you don't have inner compassion and concern for yourself then you are the reflector you can't be compassionate if you're at war with yourself Maharishi said this, the cause of all wars is the war inside. And when you, in order to be compassionate to yourself, you have to allow your nervous system to operate in a way that's compassionate. Be nice to Nancy. Let her get enough rest. So I get up and look in the mirror and say, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me, right? <laughs> no. <you laughs> thank take you care so, of yourself. <laughs> thank you so much, Michael, for being here. Can you just tell people one more time how they can reach you? Um, the TM Center phone number is 314 324 7974 324 7974. You can email me at mblitz, that M for Michael, blitz like when a quarterback gets nailed, and <laughs> at tm.org. That's my email. I'll be happy to respond. I'm thrilled to do this, and the people who listen to your podcasts would be wonderful to meet because oh. you don't have to be overboard, you have to be overboard and and being good to yourself and developing who you are, then you have something to give. That's Can't right. give what you don't have. That's right. Well, this <laughs> is the positive version of going overboard. And uh, we thank you so much for joining us on Woman Overboard and being our first male guest. <laughs> thank you so much and look forward to seeing you soon. <laughs> thank Bye-bye. you. For more information on Michael Blitz and Transcendental Meditation, visit our website at womanoverboard.com. 
If you or anyone you know would like to be a guest, place an ad or comment on our show, go to womanoverboard.com or email me, Nancy Scanlon Coppler at nancy at womanoverboard.com. Thanks for listening.